Hello, and welcome back to the Fast Times and True Crimes podcast. I am still dealing with my allergies a little bit. I definitely don't sound as bad as I did yesterday, so that's a good thing. I'm glad I didn't record this one yesterday. Um, But yeah, anyways, I actually ended up on True Crime TikTok, and I was really surprised at how many cases I hadn't heard of yet. There are a lot of, like, solved and unsolved cases um, that I really wanted to bring attention to because, obviously, you wouldn't get, like, the full, like, depth in just a TikTok um, about how bad some of these cases are. So, I think, if anything, I'll probably do a mini-series. If there's not a ton of information on them, um, doing mini-episodes, but some of them may be longer episodes like this one. Um, but yeah, just to get really into the swing of things, since I obviously haven't recorded in a long time, it's been like since October, but yeah, just getting back into the swing of things, making new episodes, and I really miss making them. It's just a lot of research, I guess. It's a lot of work just looking through so many articles and like watching documentaries and watching news clips and stuff like that. So it's definitely time consuming and it does take a little bit out of you, so So without further ado, here's the absolutely heartbreaking case of the brutal torture and murder of Junko Furuta. And I honestly think a trigger warning is probably necessary for this case. So if you're not comfortable hearing about torture slash sexual assault, I just wouldn't listen to this episode. It was really hard for me to even um, write this all up and to read it and just do the research on this case. Um... And I was doing it at, like, 11 at night, which was not a good idea. Um, So, please just keep that in mind before continuing past this point. Junko Furuta was born on January 18, 1971 in Masato, Saitama, Japan, and was only 17 years old when she was abducted, raped, tortured, and eventually murdered by four high school boys. She lived with her parents, her older brother, and her younger brother. And as a teenager, she attended Yashio Minami High School and worked part-time at a plastic molding factory during after-hours school since around October of 1988. She did this to save up money for for a graduation trip she had planned, and she was also accepted at um, an electronics retailer um, where she planned on working after graduation. Jinko was known as a good kid by all sources. She, uh, again, attended Yashio Minami High School and was known to be pretty popular, very beautiful and smart and had good grades. And she didn't drink or party, smoke and do drugs. And I really hate that this is the only background information I can find out about her, mainly because it's just a lot of superficial shit that isn't who she was as an actual person. And Obviously, what happens to her is horrible, so it's just really sad in general. Where everything went wrong was when an absolute dickbag named Hiroshi Miyano tried to ask Junko out, and she rejected him. And obviously, that's not Junko's problem at all, and justifiably, once you hear what kind of person he is, um, Hiroshi was known to be a bully and would intimidate other people because he had a friend who was a part of the Yakuza. And if you don't know who the Yakuza are, they're a crime syndicate in Japan and basically like a Japanese mob. 
Hiroshi had a crush on Junko and was pissed that she rejected him and went and told all of his little Yakuza buddies and basically basically being like, can you believe this fucking bitch? Which honestly is why I fucking hate men. And some men can't take rejection and immediately get violent and it's fucking scary. And so the fact that this was high school students is even scarier. About a few days after this, Miano, the one that got rejected, and his other shitty little friends, um, Shinji Minato, were literally robbing and raping women already in a local park when they saw Junko riding her bike home from work around 8.30 p.m. Miano told Minato to kick Junko off her bike and to just run away. Miano wanted to play it off like he had like witnessed this by coincidence and approached her to kind of like act like a good upstanding citizen and to and offer to walk her home safely. And then once he gained her trust, he raped her in a nearby abandoned warehouse, again in a hotel, and then threatened to kill her. From the hotel, Miano called Minato and his other friends, Joe Agura and Yasushi Watanbe. Watanabe, and bragged to them about raping her. Agura reportedly asked Miano to keep her in captivity to let their other Yakuza friends sexually assault her. The group had a history of gang rape and recently kidnapped and raped another girl who they eventually released afterwards. Around 3 a.m., Miano took Fruta to a nearby park where Minato, Agura, and Watanabe were waiting. They found her home address from a notebook in her backpack and told her they knew where she lived and that Yakuza members would kill her family if she attempted to escape. The four boys then took her to a house in the Ayase district of Adachi and gang raped her there. The house, which was owned by Minato's parents, soon became their regular gang hangout. Now, let me just say, you would think, like, you're a high school student, obviously you live with your parents, And, like, don't you think that you would know what's going on in your own house? But Shinji Minato's parents were so fucking scared of their son and his, quote, increasingly violent behavior towards them that they knew a girl was being kept in their home. They knew she was being held there against her will. But because Shinji just said, oh, she's my girlfriend, they just let it go. They didn't say anything to him. They didn't call the police or anything. On November 27th, Furuta's parents contacted the police about her disappearance. Junko's kidnappers forced her to call her mom three different times to convince her that she had just run away and that she was safe staying with some friends. On the night of November 28th, Miyano invited two other boys, Tetsuo Nakurama and Koichi Ehara, to the Minato house. They went to the upstairs room where Junko was sitting, wearing a long-sleeved t-shirt and a skirt that Miyano had stole stolen from a clothing store a few days prior. They drank cough medicine and pretended it was drugs and acted high. And then when Junko tried to run away, she started screaming. They grabbed her legs and Ahara... Miano grabbed her legs and Ahara put a pillow over her face. His parents woke up and went to check on the scream. And then Minato told them, oh yeah, it's nothing. And then they were like, all right, we'll just go back to bed. The group then proceeded to gang rape Furuta again. During this time, she was in a state of unconsciousness and just staring at the ceiling without blinking. The group held Furuta captive in the Minato residence for 
40 days, where they repeatedly beat, raped, and tortured her. They also invited other men and teenage boys to the home and encouraged them to take turns raping her as well. And it's reported that over um, 100 men, or up to over 100 men, came to the house to rape her. According to the group statements, the four shaved her pubic hair, forced her to dance to music while naked, and to masturbate in front of them, and left her on the balcony in the middle of the night with little clothing. She had been beaten with golf clubs, forced to eat roaches, they jumped on her head while she was laying on the concrete floor, and they inserted objects into her vagina, including scissors, a light bulb, roasting needles, and other things as well. Junko was no longer able to use the bathroom properly, and she couldn't control her bladder anymore. They forcefully pierced her nipples, and they ended up ripping off the left one with a pair of pliers. They force-fed her large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water, and she was also forced to smoke multiple cigarettes at a time, inhale paint thinner, and in one incident, Miano repeatedly burned Furuta's legs and arms with lighter fluid. By the end of December, Furuta was severely malnourished, and after being only fed small amounts of food and eventually only milk, due to her severe injuries and infected burns, she became unable to use the downstairs toilet, and then she only was able to just stay in the in Monato's room, just confined to the floor because of how weak she was. To make things worse, police had come to the home. The first time a boy who had been invited over to the Minato house by Miano went home after seeing Furuta and told his brother about what was happening. The brother told his parents, and the parents contacted the police. Authorities showed up at the Minato residence, but again, the the parents came to the door and was like, "Oh no, everything's fine. There's nothing. There's no girl here." Like, bitch, are you fucking kidding me? Be fucking for real. The answer was clearly satisfactory enough for the police, and they never returned to the home. The second time, it was Junko herself who called the cops, but before she was able to say anything, the boys found her, and then when the police called back, Miano assured them that the prior call had been a mistake, and they were like, oh, okay, cool, sounds good. They, the authorities never followed up again, and then the boys punished Furuta for calling the police, dousing her legs in lighter fluid, and setting her on fire. Obviously, from all this torture, her appearance was drastically altered from the brutality of the attacks against her. Her face was so swollen, she couldn't, you couldn't even make out her features. And due to infection, her body started giving off a rotting smell. And that caused the four boys to lose sexual interest in her. As a result, the boys kidnapped and gang-raped another 19-year-old woman who, like Furuta, was on her way home from work. On January 4th, 1989, after losing a game of Mahjong to Junko, Miano and the other boys decided to beat her even more. They beat her with bamboo sticks on the bottom of her feet, burnt, beat her with an iron barbell, and burnt her eye, eyes and eyelids with hot wax. They poured lighter fluid on her body and set her on fire. She allegedly made attempts to put out the fire, but gradually became unresponsive. She fell onto a stereo unit and collapsed and started having convulsions. 
Since she was bleeding profusely, pus was emerging from her infected burns. The four boys covered their hands in plastic bags where they continued to beat her and dropped iron exercise balls onto her stomach several times. The attack reportedly last for, lasted for two hours. Junko eventually um, died from that beating. Less than 24 hours after her death, Minato's brother called to tell them that Junko appeared to be dead. And afraid with being charged of murder, the group wrapped her body in blankets and shoved her into a travel bag. They put her body into a 55-gallon drum and filled it with wet concrete. Around 8 p.m., they loaded it and eventually disposed of the drum in a cement truck in Koto, Tokyo. During her captivity, Furuta had mentioned to her captor several times that she regretted not being able to watch the final episode of Tombo, this um, show that she had been really into at the time, and it was, I guess, the English translation was just called Dragonfly. Miano found the videotape of the episode and placed it in the travel bag. As he later explained, it was not because he, like, felt bad, but it was because he didn't want her to return as a ghost and haunt him in the afterlife. Bitch, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Honestly. On the 23rd of January, 1989, Miano and Agura were arrested for the gang rape, gang rape of the 19-year-old girl who they had kidnapped in December. On March 29th, two police officers came to interrogate them as um, women's underwear had been found in the home. During the interrogation, Miano believed that they knew about Junko's murder, and thinking that Joe Ugura had confessed to the crimes against her, Miano basically folded and told the police where to find Junko's body. And the police were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we weren't talking about that murder. Um, they were referring to a murder of a woman and her seven-year-old son that had occurred nine days prior to Junko's kidnapping, and that case still remains unsolved. The police found the drum containing Junko's body the following day. She was identified via fingerprints, and on April 1st, 1989, Agura was arrested for separate a separate sexual assault and was then rearrested for Junko's murder. The arrest of Watanabe, Minato, and Minato's brother followed. Several other accomplices who had par participated in abusing and raping her were officially identified, including Tetsuo Nakamura and Kuichi Ihara, who were charged with rape after their DNA was found on and inside the victim's body. The identities of the defendants were sealed by the court because they were all juveniles at the time, and journalist Shukan Bunshun, oh, sorry, journalists from the Shukan Bunshun, Bunshun magazine were basically like, fuck that, fuck these dudes, and still publish their identities, um, king shit. They felt like, because of how horrific the crime was, they didn't deserve their right to anonymity, which they don't. They fucking don't deserve anything. All four of the defendants pled guilty to committing bodily injury that resulted in death, rather than murder. Like, okay. In 1990, a lower court sentenced Hiroshi Miyano, the leader of the crime, 
to 17 years in prison. He then appealed this sentence, but a Tokyo High Court judge, Ryuji Yanase, was like, um, that's not enough, but then only gave him three more years. Okay. The 20-year sentence is the second longest sentence given in Japan before life imprisonment. So why not give him life? Like, I don't fucking understand that. He was 18 years old at the time of Junko's murder. After his release, Minato moved in with his mother and in 2018 was arrested again for attempting murder after beating a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashing his throat with a knife. Stand-up citizen. Great job, court system in Japan. Yashushi Watanabe, who originally was sentenced to three to four years in prison, received an upgraded sentence of five to seven years. He was 17 at the time of the murder, and for his role in the crime, Joe Ugura served eight years in juvenile prison before he was released in August of 1999. After his release, he took the family name Kamisaku and was adopted by a supporter. Why would you fucking support this asshole? He is said to have boasted about his role in the kidnapping, rape, and torture of Junko, although he is the only one to not have reoffended since his release. In 2004, Ogura was arrested for assaulting Takatoshi Isono, an acquaintance he thought his girlfriend may have been involved with. Ogura tracked Isono down, beat him, and shoved him into his truck. Ogura drove Isono from Adachi to his mother's bar in Misato, where he allegedly beat him for four hours. During that time, Ogura repeatedly threatened to kill the man, telling him that he had killed before and knew how to get away with it. Which, obviously fucking not, you asshole. He was sentenced to seven years in prison for assaulting Isono and has since been released. Again. And this part really fucking pissed me off. Ogudo's mother allegedly vandalized Junko's grave, stating that she had ruined her son's life. You're a fucking bitch, and that's why your son the way is the way he is. Because you don't hold him accountable, because your son's a piece of shit, and he deserves to die in prison, but that's just me. Miano was denied parole in 2004. He was released from prison in 2009. In January of 2013, Miano was rearrested for fraud. Due to insufficient evidence, he was released without charge later that month. Nubuharu Minato, now Shinji Minato, who originally received a four to six year sentence, was resentenced to five to nine years by Judge Ryuji Yanase upon appeal. He was 16 at the time of the murder, and Minato's parents and brother were not charged. So, they just stood by and were like, mm, okay, like, we're scared of him. Like, get control of your fucking kids, people. Fruta's parents were understandably, as am I, horrified um, by the sentences received by their daughter's murderers and won a civil lawsuit against the parents of Minato in whose homes their crimes were committed. Miano's mother reportedly paid Junko's parents 50 million yen, which is equivalent to only 425,000, sorry, 400, yeah, 425,000 US dollars in compensation, as awarded by the civil court after selling their family home. 
yeah. So, 425 thousand dollars is all you get for someone murdering your child and um all of her daughter's killers are basically free at this point um yeah that one yeah i i don't like this one it really just fucking sucks and shows you how shitty the world is um she was tortured for 44 days and that's all she got. That's all the justice she got. That's it. Yep. Even if you just... This goes to show. Like, even if you politely tell someone, like, no. Um, some men just have such fragile senses of... Like, a, such a fragile sense of ego. Like, all it can do is resort to violence when rejected and that's that's fucking scary and so i just hope that because i'm rude as fuck like if i don't want you around me i don't want you near me i don't i'm not interested i'll be like can you just fucking leave me alone you fucking weirdo because that's like sometimes that's what you have to do like for for people to get the fucking hint and at that point like it's scary it's really scary so be safe out there single ladies, married ladies, coupled ladies. I don't, I don't know. It's, there's not much to say, but all right. Anywho, uh, hope you, I mean, I, I hope you didn't enjoy today's episode because this was horrible and I didn't. It's just very sad. Um, and stay tuned for the next one. Bye.